What's up, my Norman Newsies? This is John. And this is Forrest. Welcome to the Norman News Bulletin Podcast. Today we've got special guest Alvino Shaquem Lamar. How you doing, Alvino? Doing good. I'm doing good. Finally made it on. Been a long time coming. Ready to get it going. <laughs> All right. We're glad to have you. Today we're talking some off-season moves, including the NFL draft, looking at a little rookie preview, maybe talking a little OU football. We've got a special game. It's making its debut today. And then we're going to talk about Alvino's league history and preview the upcoming season for him. So this offseason was pretty big. There were some pretty big names that moved around the league. I think that out of everyone in the league, you probably keep up with the moves the most. So, yeah. I mean, I've got a couple that I kind of had listed down that um, I think will – will translate to fantasy pretty well and, and somebody that everybody's going to want to kind of keep some eyes out on for. Um, we did have, I think, two new rule changes or not. We had a rule change with quarterbacks that if you guys wanted to go over, because that'll kind of be relevant to what I got going on. And then John, he ended up having a uh, trading his draft position. So if he wants to kind of go over that, and um, kind of what that conversation with, with Garrett and, and his whole thought process behind that, that'll also be relevant to as well. Shit, Alvino, you do a better job at running the show than me. <laughs> I, skipped, I skipped right over the news. So, yeah, we have big news this week. We voted on a rule change this year where quarterback passing touchdowns, well, passing touchdowns for any player, not just quarterbacks, will now be worth six points instead of four. So kind of, you know, even out some of those non-rushing quarterback values increase the value on those quarterbacks who don't do as much with their legs. And now then, that both of you guys vote yes on that. Alvino, I'm going to just kick it over to you and kind of let you lead this segment. I, I voted I, yes. I voted no. I mean, it was it was Forrest's proposal, but I have voted no. Um, I kind of thought about it a little bit afterwards, and, and I kind of just figured that it probably couldn't hurt a little bit, so – um, I'm, I'm on board with it and, and we'll see how it goes from there. I don't know. I don't know what quarterback I'm targeting yet, but we'll get it. We'll get it going. Honestly, that's a big driver. I, the more points that are scored, the more exciting it is. So. Exactly. Simple as that. Uh, other big news this week, we had an announcement that Garrett Schmall, the owner of the number one overall pick, had swapped draft picks with John, our co-host here who was drafting number nine. So now Garrett will be drafting ninth. John, first overall. John, tell us about your thought process and kind of how this went down. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think it's going to be a drastic change, but you can improve on what we have with just small changes. I think this is going to be a big positive. It might come down to just a few points a couple times throughout the season, and this could turn out to be a pivotal rule change. So we'll see how that plays out over the season. I know that, I guess it won seven to five in the vote. So it, it was a pretty close vote. I know that some of the league didn't really want to see it go through, but you know, if if we hate it, we can always switch it back next year. I'm looking forward. Another to big news. It's gonna be a good change. Oh. All right. I like it. Yeah. More points. I mean, it's always I'm, welcome. I'm excited me. for it. I'm one of the lowest scores per week, so anything that inflates my numbers, that's that's going to be a positive. So. My trend in points yeah. per game should go up this year. Like I said, we'll hop in. We're excited to have Alvino on because he's got the knowledge on 
offseason moves. So we're talking retirements, free agent acquisitions, trades, and uh, draft. So rookies coming in who might have an impact. We'll start off with guys who have already been in the league and then move on to the, the rookies afterwards. Alvino, what offseason moves either excited you or – it's it's hard to predict with with the fantasy value with Julio Jones kind of going in where with the Titans, knowing that AJ Brown's still going to be there. I don't expect AJ Brown's production to dip at all either. You could also see Julio Jones' production also kind of staying the same as it was because he did have Calvin Ridley and, and Russell Gage um, in Atlanta with him with him last year. So he's 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 not going to be new to sharing the targets and sharing the ball. But he does have a running back in there with Derrick Henry, too, as well. That could also get some some target shares as well. Um, Tennessee is also bringing in a new offensive coordinator. Um, hopefully they can kind of keep what Arthur Smith was kind of going. Um, so I don't think he'll he'll kind of change in, in the offensive scheme and, and kind of their run-to-pass ratio. But Julio Jones is going to be somebody that a lot of people are going to be kind of looking at to see where they can draft him. Either I don't think he's going to be in the first round, but you're probably looking at him maybe – late second, set early third. So who's the number one pass catcher in Tennessee? Number one pass catcher is going to be A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, he's 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 going to be early second round, I think. Okay. All right. Do you guys, do you agree or do you disagree with that? You sound like you're... Nah, yeah. You know, I, I agree with you. I think A.J. Brown keeps that number one role. Uh, you know, Julio, he hasn't dropped off yet, but with wide receivers and quarterbacks, it just... One year, it just kind of happens. It's not really a slow decline. So I, I think he can still be productive. I do think that it kind of lowers A.J. Brown's value overall, but not much. I still think he's a second-round guy for sure. Right. With Kind of just with that offense, I mean, they're they're obviously going to try to establish the run first with Derek. Um, they're going to be kind of going off the play action a lot. That's kind of how A.J. Brown um, got a lot of his points and, and a lot of his touchdowns. Um, with that play action and kind of going deep with it. Um, so I think that'll still be there. It's just, I mean, you got Julio on the other side and you kind of got to get your playmakers out there in space too as well. So, um, but it'll, it'll be interesting for sure to see. And, and I think, I mean, if you if you want A.J. Brown early enough, I mean, you, you kind of got to go and get him too as well. Yeah, and you know, I think who it helps the most is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. Um, I mean, he gets a lot of discussion and, and a lot of arguments kind of start over with Ryan Tannehill on, on his production and his value. But um, he's kind of proven everybody wrong the last two years. So I, I have no issue with Ryan Tannehill under center over there in Tennessee. All right. It looks like we'll be going without John for a little bit, but you and I can keep it running. Uh, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. He's, he's a little busy with work stuff right now. Uh any other moves in the offseason, whether it's retirements, trades, free agents that you like? Yeah, another one is good. I'm going quarterback on this one, um, kind of going with the, with the news of passing touchdowns going to six points. So I'm, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. I've, I've talked about this one in the group me a lot, but Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis, um, teaming back up with, with the coach that he um, won the Super Bowl with and a coach that he likes. Um, he's not going to go into a brand new system. He should know a lot of the terminology, a lot of the scheme, things like that. Michael Pittman um, Jr., who's also going into a second year too as well as those two wide receivers. So 
Carson Wentz going into there um, into Indianapolis is going to be good for him. Um, top five offensive line. So if they need to rely on the run, they can, and then set that pass up too as well, similar to to kind of what Tennessee is doing. But I like that you brought up Wentz and T.Y. Hilton. So T.Y. Hilton in our my sleeper mocks that I've been doing has been going 11th, 12th round. Is that too late? 11th and the 12th round, I would definitely say that's a little late. Um, I do need to start doing a little bit more mocks to kind of see where everybody's going. But T.Y. Hilton in the 11th and 12th is is about steal, half right? of yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, if he's there at the seventh or eighth, it's I mean, I think you're still kind of stealing too as well. T.Y. Hilton's still got a lot of production left in him. Um, so I'm not really sure exactly how he's getting all the way down there. But I like T.Y. Hilton and he's not I mean, Michael Pittman is is a really good second option for him, but T.Y. Hilton is that guy on there. I mean, Michael Pittman's not really gonna be sharing all the targets over there. So um, I'd like T.Y. Hilton to get a majority of the shares and, and still be that wide receiver one over in Indianapolis. All right. Yeah, I, I like that, too. I feel like T.Y. Hilton so far just as being really undervalued in drafts and mock drafts that I've seen. So we'll see if he rises before draft season really kicks off. If not, I'm going to try to hop on him late. <laughs> well, yeah, well, when it's public, when this uh, podcast goes public, I mean, everybody else in the group will kind of hear about it and they'll be like, well, if they said D.Y. Hill is going to be good, then maybe we need to, to snag him. So we'll have to kind of compete with everybody else. But, um, oh, you know, nobody listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, the guys in our in our group do. So but the other one, I've got two um, coaches that I think are going to help some players out. And then right, I so- think. I, I do like your enthusiasm with the coaches, but the coaching stuff kind of plays into this game that we're playing a little later. Hold off on the coaches. I will let you talk about the coaching changes. Okay. Right after the game. All right. Sounds good. I can, I could wait. Okay. Any other player moves? Uh, player moves. That really think... stuck out to you. If not, then I've got a few that I'm going to name and I just want like, Quick reactions, you know, just okay. a couple couple words. All right. Yeah, hit, hit me with yours. All right. So Drew Brees is retiring. What does the Saints offense look like? Um it's I mean, it's not gonna be the same at all. I think they, they lose their offensive coordinator to to the Chargers too as well. But you bring in Jameis, you bring in Taysom. Um nobody knows what what's gonna happen over there. So not the same at all. And I think they're probably third or fourth finishing in the division. They're not I don't see them winning too many games, to be honest with oh, you. Damn. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, the Stafford and Goff trade. Uh, what what effect does this have on the Rams and their passing game? And then can Goff do anything positive with the Lions this year? Yeah, I mean, I like Jared Goff. He's he's going to the Detroit Lions, who've been plugged over decades. But I like Jared Goff, um, so I am rooting for him. Uh, but Sean McVay, I mean, he kind of gets his 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 star quarterback that he's always wanted so there's not really any more excuses for the rams right now this is this has got to be it um so i think they're they're pretty much super bowl or bust over the next two to three years um but with 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 stafford there they're they're gonna be all right they're gonna be all right just in the in the nfc itself again so you kind of got the top 
two of the other top four NFC teams kind of being out the loop with the New Orleans Saints kind of dipping with Brute, with Breeze out. And then also with Aaron Rodgers um, fiasco kind of going over in Green Bay, it kind of leaves that the top of the NFC to kind of bring some more some more new uh, cream of the crop up there. And, and the Rams are are probably going to be next in line up there. So it's it, it's definitely their turn, um, and, and we'll see how it goes. But Sean McVay and, and that Rams offense that shouldn't have any more excuses anymore now that he has Stafford over there. All right, all right. I got three more players for you, and I just want. A one-word answer. Basically, the question is going to be, is this player going to be useful in fantasy this year? All right. So, first, I'll go with Jared Cook, now on the Chargers. Useful in fantasy, yes or no? Yes. All right. Will Fuller on the Dolphins this year? 100%. All right. That was two words, but I'll let it pass. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then the last one isn't in the same vein, but you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Does Aaron Rodgers play this year for the Packers? Yes or no? No, definitely not. Damn, okay. All right, that definitely hurts Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, Jordan Love, He, I think he'll be all right. He had a year to, to kind of learn. So he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I think they'll they'll still be all right on offense. Okay. All right, let's move on to the rookie preview. I know that you really keep up with the draft and with rookies coming in. What rookies do you think are going to be impactful this season for fantasy? Yeah, so kind of the one everybody's kind of talking about as going to be at the running back position, Najee Harris over in uh, Pittsburgh. He seems to be the guy that's going to be the – the workhorse over there, they get rid of James Conner. He goes to Arizona, but um, Najee Harris is somebody that can catch out of the backfield. So a lot of people think he's going to be getting more, a majority of the carries inside the tackles and then also going to be able to catch outside the backfield. Um, I think my only hiccup with Najee is he could end up being like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And, and, and you can kind of speak on this because you drafted him number 12 last year, but um, just him coming in as a rookie running back in, and just having to acclimate to the NFL. And then just also with the Steelers having so many other targets, you got Chase Claypool, you've got um, Juju and and some tight ends over there too as well, where he just doesn't get that many targets. And also with, with Pittsburgh kind of being the pass happy offense too as well. It's 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 something that, that you kind of have to do consider when you do want to take Najee where people are going to take him, which is probably going to be that, that late first, uh, early second round. Yeah, Najee's a tough one. I like him as a prospect. I think he's very talented, but the Steelers are hard to predict, you know. Is Big Ben done? And their offensive line definitely got worse over this offseason. So it it's hard to tell what you're actually going to get out of him. Definitely, definitely. And I mean that's that's kind of be with a lot of these rookies that I'm going to name too as well. It's 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 just really hard for rookies to kind of come in and make an immediate impact, um, especially those first couple of weeks when everybody's kind of filling out their rosters, especially on fantasy as well. I know with me, I kind of get very impatient with rookies where if I don't see my production kind of happening within the first four to six weeks, then I'm kind of either trading them or, or sending them to waivers. And then you just got to, you got to be patient with those guys though. Cause again, they're, they're going to the NFL um, and then it's going to be a culture shock whenever they kind of get there. So if you had the luxury to draft a rookie um, and just sit him on the bench until, until he gets his feet wet. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned Clyde Edwards Alaire last year. I had him, and he wasn't worth where I drafted him, that's for sure. But he wasn't terrible. And, you know, I was able to get solid RB2 production out of him. But I, the fact is I had him as my RB1. So I wasn't necessarily happy with what I got. But overall, as a rookie, he was absolutely, he was top 24 most weeks. That's not terrible. Did you, did you keep him the full year or did you end up trading him eventually? I had him all year. Okay, there you go. And then I know you gave me Miles Sanders, which – Obviously, yeah. I mean, he was an RB too, but that 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 kind of worked out for me, all right. So I wasn't too too unhappy about it. All right, what other rookies are you looking at? Um, so Travis Etienne's going to be another interesting one. Obviously, James Robinson's over there in Jacksonville. Travis Etienne's the guy from Clemson that the Jaguars drafted in the first round. So they draft the running back in the first round. It it was a head scratcher for everybody. Urban Meyer goes on to say, hey, we, we think Travis can can kind of just play everywhere. He's going to be kind of your jackknife guy where you can kind of put him out in the slot, put him at receiver, can also put him in at running back. Um, I don't think Travis Etienne is going to be a guy that you want to draft in the first, even maybe four to five rounds. But if he's still kind of there in, in the later rounds, then he, he might be all right to take a flyer on and kind of hold on the bench until you kind of see what his role is on, on Jacksonville. Yeah, I've been seeing him going in the fifth and the sleeper mocks I've been doing. And I've seen a lot of news that Urban Meyer is lining him up, and he's mostly running with the wide receivers in camp. Right. And Jacksonville doesn't have that many wide receivers over there as it is. Um, I know they've drafted a couple over the last couple of years, too, as well over in the second and third rounds. But they don't have a clear number one either. But I think if you do, if you take, if they have him, they took him in the first round, they're going to expect him to they're going to expect to use him a lot somewhere wherever he is but i don't know if it'll be in that running back position because just because james robinson had did so well last year so i would expect to see him pre- pretty much in the slot um quite a bit but but you just never know so yeah he's got that draft capital he'll probably be used a lot anyone else you got your eye on as far as rookies go yeah, I think the one that'll probably have the most production is going to be Jamar Chase um, over there. And since he's getting back in there with with Joe Burrow, um, Jamar Chase, he's he's going to be one of those guys with um, that just has that body size that can. Yeah, so I don't think you draft Jamar Chase at number five overall if he's not going to be your wide receiver one and if you're not going to want to get him the ball. Um, so Jamar Chase, I think he's he's going to be drafted in fantasy number one. Um, you're probably looking at late second round, early third round with the Jamar. And then Tyler Boyd, obviously, he's going to be your seasoned vet. He's out there in the slot, and he gets he gets a lot of targets too as well. So I think you get Tyler Boyd. He's going to be that wide receiver too there. And then T. Higgins going into his second year, coming off a rookie year. Um, he was drafted in the second round by the Bengals. But I think, I think T. Higgins is going to be all right as a number three receiver too as well now on Cincinnati team. He's going to be kind of in your later rounds if if he doesn't go undrafted. Yeah, you know, your draft spot for Jamar Chase is higher than what I've been seeing in sleeper mocks, but that's really the, the only exposure to ADP that I've had is in the sleeper app. So it, it could be different other places. I'd be hesitant to take Jamar Chase in the second, personally. I think late second, maybe it, depending on who else is still there. Um, definitely... What do you think his ceiling is in the third round? I don't, I don't 
he may get to the fourth, but I don't see him pass the fifth or the sixth or any of those later rounds. So I think his his ceiling's probably going to be the the fourth round, or not the ceiling, but the floor. Actually, in the fantasy season, where's the best he could finish? Um, so with Jamar Chase, I mean it's it's hard to predict with these rookies, but um, just kind of knowing his rapport with Joe Burrow. Like, again, I think he gets a lot of the targets over there um, in Cincinnati. So I think, I mean, he's, I think he's, he's a wide receiver too on, or even he'll be, a, he'll be a good flex. I'll say his ceiling is probably going to be a good flex on anybody's fantasy roster. I'm not sure about wide receiver too. Um, but if, if you have him a flex in your starting lineup, then, then I think you'll be all right. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. So you said you wanted to talk some OU football. This is the Norman News Bulletin podcast, and we're not only going to restrict it to our fantasy football. OU football is winning the national championship this year, right? <laughs> um, it's 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 hard to tell, but I, I think they'll have one of the top three most talented teams in the country. Um, they've been in the news quite a bit, a lot with their running backs and and a lot of their receivers acting out on on. Uh, in Norman on the, at Crimson Park campus where uh, you and I have, have a lot of good memories and, and the rest of the group, but um, they're, they're still going to be talented up there. I think with that running back group kind of thinning out, you kind of bring in Eric Gray. He is a, a freshman transfer coming in from that Tennessee recruiting group. Um, but he's, he's going to get a lot of carries. Kennedy Brooks is also returning. He's going to get the most um, majority of the carries too as well. And then Marcus Major is going to be the other guy. He was there last year as a freshman and, and also got a few carries him, himself. So you got those three running backs. Those, those should be okay. And then Spencer Allen kind of going into his third year. This is going to be his draft year. Um, so he's going to be looking to put on a show in front of everybody because he's trying to go number one. And then he's got, he's got a great group to kind of throw to um, with all the receivers he's got. With uh, Hazelwood Stoops, uh, Mario Williams is going to be an incoming freshman coming in this year, who's who's getting a lot of talk during the spring. Uh, Marvin Mims as well was a true freshman last year, who's who's coming into his second year and and should be putting up big numbers too as well. Yeah, you know, I never really worry about our running backs, even when I don't know who's going to be back there. We're probably pretty straight. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see Kennedy Brooks back on the field. I understand he opted out last year because of COVID, but. He's a solid running back, and it'll be nice to see him running the ball again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy that three running like the the running back room was so so thick, and you had three running backs kind of leave all within. You had Ramondre go to the NFL, and then um, Seth McGowan get dismissed, and and then obviously Mikey Mikey Henderson get dismissed too as well. But I think I think running back should be okay. Um, and then kind of just on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of returning starters coming back. Obviously, you got to replace Bookie at the nickel spot, um, but I think they had some recruits and some transfers kind of come in that can play that nickel that that they'll that they'll enjoy having there too as well that can replace Bookie. Um, Perion Winfrey is going to be kind of the anchor of that defensive line. He he should kind of get going. I think he's going to be um, looking to get drafted in in these early rounds. And then Reggie Grimes is going to be also. Um, on that defensive line too, as well, kind of, kind of finally getting his feet wet as a, as a sophomore. But um, defensively, I think they should be okay. Um, 
they'll have to get a new a new corner um, with Trey Brown leaving. Jaden Jaden Davis probably moves over to the left side, but that right side, that right corner spot is going to be open for for some new competition. You know, I need to find uh, Buki on Twitter and offer him a parting gift because I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> you can do that. Send him like an edible arrangement or something or whatever <laughs> they get over there in Washington. But yeah, he'll he'll. Uh, We'll see how he does in Washington, and he he'll be trying to go to the league too as well. So he'll he'll need to have a good a good senior year. All right, I got three questions for you: yes or no, Big Twelve champions. Yes. College football playoff. Yes. National champions. No. All right, all right. It's going to be an exciting season. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I always love watching the Sooners on Saturdays. So. I yeah, know I know. Just... I mean, <laughs> all, all everybody <laughs> in the group. I mean, it's 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 feels like game day, even though we're two thousand miles apart and we're all kind of watching the game at the same time and giving our instant reactions and everybody kind of losing their shit and and everything whenever an interception or a bad play happens and and it's always fun to for everybody kind of bounce back after a win thinking, Oh yeah, I knew we were going to win the whole entire time when it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I'm watching a, a, a bad game, I'm just constantly thinking of what I can say to Peter to keep him alive. <laughs> yeah. Peter, Peter definitely <laughs> gets a little irrational. Um, Garrett can be sometimes too as well. Um, and then Steve sometimes too, but, <laughs> but Peter is definitely the one where he's, He's kind of ready to to jump off of a ledge. So, but it's it's always fun and 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 I enjoy it. I always get a good laugh. I I try to I, I say my pieces, but a lot of the times I'll try to kind of stay out of it because I don't want to anger everybody. When sometimes I like to be the heel, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, I think Steve still doesn't believe in Rattler. But. Nah, he doesn't. Definitely <laughs> not at all. And I mean, I'm not even the biggest Rattler fan myself, but it's like, Steve, all right, chill out. He's he's going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for talking to some OU football. We'll move on. We still don't have John, but I think we're doing all right on our own here. Uh, we'll move on to this new game. We're going to call it You Name It. So I've got some categories here for you, five different categories. Basically, there's a certain number of people or teams that fit into the, these categories, and I'm going to ask you to name as many as you can. All right? Got it. That makes sense? It does. I'm interested to see what this is all about. So let's ain't, all right. ain't nothing to it but to do it. So you pay attention to rookies a lot. In the past five years since this league started in 2016, so we're talking seasons 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20, there's been 10 running backs to finish, or sorry, 10 rookie running backs to finish as RB1s in PPR scoring. So in the past five years, 10 rookie running backs have finished as an RB1, a top 12 running back. Can you name at least five of them? Jeez, um, shit, kind of. Let's see. I probably go. Christian was probably had a good rookie year. Yeah, um, Christian McCaffrey in twenty seventeen did. Saquon most definitely. Saquon in twenty eighteen. Let's see. Did Leonard have a good rookie year? Leonard Fournette in twenty seventeen. 
Leonard's in there. Um, I'm really just going to have to go through everybody that was just kind of drafted over those last four years. In 2017 alone, there were four rookie running backs that finished in the top 12 in PPR scoring. You've got two of them, with Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. Um, let's see. The other two I had on my fantasy team that year. I don't think Alvin Kamara really did anything his rookie year. Um, Kareem Hunt's probably in there. I think he yep. was he was really Kareem good. Hunt. In 2017. So that's four. You name one more and you pass this section. Uh, Zeke. Yep, Zeke in 2016. All right. So you got Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, and Kareem Hunt all in 2017. Zeke in 2016 and Saquon Barkley in 2018. So you got five. There were five more that you didn't get. Last year we had two rookies in the top 12, Jonathan Taylor and James Robinson. Makes sense. That should have been yeah. easy. Yeah. 2019, there actually were no rookies who finished in the top 12 PPR scoring. Okay. 2018, like I said, you got Saquon Barkley. Also, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Okay. Yeah, Nick Chubb had a great. Nick Chubb has been great for Cleveland. Yeah. And then 2017, you got Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. You mentioned them, but you said no. Alvin Kamara actually did finish top 12 2017 his rookie year. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I didn't, I thought Alvin kind of came on in that second year, but that makes sense. Yeah. I had Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara that season on my team. That's it. That's the year that I went to the finals, I believe. No, actually, it's not. Well, I had a good regular season that year. <laughs> you gotta get you a chip. I don't know. You gotta. It's it's time. You ain't no more excuses. You kind of like the Rams. You gotta. It's it's. You put up or sh- shut up on on over there. Yeah, twenty seventeen. I finished ten and three. Finished third in the league, and I had Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, two top twelve rookie running backs. Anyway, twenty sixteen. You got Zeke, who you missed was Jordan Howard. That was kind of a dark horse. Yeah, no one's getting Jordan Howard. <laughs> All right, so like I mentioned, in the past five years, there's been 10 rookie running backs to finish as RB1s in PPR scoring. In the last five years, though, there's only been one rookie wide receiver to finish in the top 12 in PPR scoring. Who is that? Justin Jefferson. That's it, last year. Yeah, so, he's, he's, yeah he's, he's one of those outliers where he just he's, he's one of those good rookie receivers. But, yeah, he's – go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's pretty telling to me. You know, in the past five years, you've got 10 rookie running backs to do it, only one rookie wide receiver. So that's some draft advice for the rest of our league there. Yeah, he was actually Justin Jefferson. He's on my list as one of those guys that's going um, to take that next leap. Even though he had a great rookie year, I think he's going to be on a lot of radars uh, going into into the draft season. So he's he's going to be... I think probably a mid-second round guy, um, kind of getting off the board over there. But he's—I think he's going to be—he's going to be having another outstanding year too as well. So, yeah, mid-second, I could see that. All right, move on to category number three. This season, there are seven teams in the NFL with new head coaches. Name at least five of them. Uh, so you got the Chargers, you got Brandon Staley over there. 
Houston Texans, obviously David Coley is going to go in there, um, try to turn that whole culture around. Jets, Robert Sala's going in. Um, then you've got the Detroit Lions. Uh, really interested to see how the Detroit Lions kind of do with Daniel Campbell. Um, and then who else? Oh, Urban Meyer, obviously, too, as well. Kind of. So it's 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 an interesting new head coach class. Um, yeah, there you got five. Can you name the last two? Uh, probably can. <laughs> so let's see. Um, who else got fired over there? So who's the most awkward human being to ever do an interview? To <laughs> oh, Adam Gase. I got the Jets one. So <laughs> okay. I, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about. Philadelphia's new coach, Nick oh, Sirianni. Yeah, Nick Sirianni over there. I don't even know how I forgot about them, but Nick Sirianni's <laughs> over there. Um, and then Atlanta. Who'd they get? Yeah, Arthur Smith. All right. That's all seven. You got five without any help, so I'll count that one as a pass. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so I'll let you now just kind of touch on <clears throat> some of those coaching changes. Any of them that you think are going to actually mean anything to fantasy? Yeah, so I think the the Chargers new coaching staff over there is going to be a real big help to um, that offense and, and Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Um, Brandon Staley, he's kind of the, the new young guru for defense. So I think that defense over there is going to be really good and stopping a lot of points and not allowing a lot of points. While on the other end, that, that offense is also going to be putting up a lot of points. They bring in uh, Joe Lombardi. He's going to be the new offensive coordinator. He kind of comes from the Drew Brees, Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints offense. So he's going to be bringing that over to Justin Herbert. Um, so Justin Herbert throwing downfield to, to kind of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, um, putting up big numbers is a thing that I think will happen. And then also Austin Eckler. I think if, if they do try to bring in over that New Orleans Saints offense, I think Austin Eckler can kind of try to be utilized as an Alvin Kamara type where he gets a lot of runs and, and a lot of passes thrown his way. All right. All right. Any, any other ones? Or I'm also going to say I think Chris Carson could have a bigger year rushing the ball than he has in previous years. I think last year he kind of – in a, in a, um, ended up with a season with about 600 rushing yards, but um, they're bringing in over new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. He's coming from the uh, Los Angeles Rams, so he's kind of coming from that McVay tree where they're going to be doing rushing a lot and kind of building building their offense off the run game and then kind of working the play action off of that. So I think um, Chris Carson over there in Seattle with this new OC that's that hopefully prioritizes the run a little bit more um may may benefit through that so they're not gonna let Russ be mr unlimited yeah that i mean that that'll be the other issue that that shane waldron will have to to kind of figure out and, and try to keep that balance i think i mean if if he does have that sean McVay type of offense with them then they're gonna do a lot of play action um, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to be letting Russ, Russ cook like that. I think he may be a little bit structured a little bit more, but I mean, what do I know? I'm just giving some opinions out here and, and kind of going off of recent history. So, but I still, I still like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, obviously they're, they're just freaks on the field. So I don't think their, their productivity kind of goes down at all. And I also think Russell Wilson's also going to be another top three quarterback taken in the draft too, as well. So. Cool. We'll move on to number four now. So here it's this is directly related to you. Right. All right. So 
the last two years we've done drafts in person with the draft board where we go up and put a sticker on. I've got pictures of the last two years draft boards, 2019 and 2020. In those two years alone, you drafted five tight ends. How many of those can you name? Two years alone drafting five tight ends. <laughs> yeah, man, you drafted five tight ends the last two years. I think the only one I can name is probably, I think I drafted Hawkinson one year and then Travis Kelsey was pretty much it. All right, yeah, you, you took Kelsey last year. All right, so that was you name it for the first time with your second round pick. And then you took TJ Hawkinson in 2019, pretty late, uh, around 15. So you don't know any of your other tight ends? You obviously love tight ends if you're drafting five of them in two years. Tight ends are a tricky thing, especially in the draft. Um, but no, I don't I don't remember my tight ends. I think my, my draft strategy last year was to get a tight end early and to get the best one early. But in, in that actually paid a lot of big dividends for me. But that's that's the only thing I can remember. All right. Last year, yeah, you took Travis Kelsey second round. Then kind of late, uh, you took Eric Ebron. I don't think he really panned out for you. No, nah, he definitely didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he was he was with uh, I think he was with Pittsburgh. He he actually kind of came on late. Uh, again, Pittsburgh was a pass off the offense. He actually got some one-off touchdowns in some games. He actually had a string of games where he actually got a few catches and some touchdowns, but he wasn't anything consistent at all. Yeah, so in 2019, in the fourth round, he took Evan Ingram. In the 11th round, he took Trey Burton. And then 15th, he took TJ Hawkinson, a three-tight end draft. Evan Ingram, I could see. Evan Ingram, I mean, he was a pro bowler last year. A lot of people say he didn't deserve that pro bowl. Um, but I mean, he's, he's, he's just kind of one of those guys where I feel like he gets a lot of targets in the, in the giants offense. So I wouldn't, I, I, I went in drafting Evan Ingram with some good intentions and, but he's, he, he suffers with a lot of drops. So hopefully he can kind of get that taken care of this year, but, um, definitely not a fourth round pick at all at the, at that tight end spot. All right. Last one, number five. So. In NFL history, there's been 12 teams that still have not won a Super Bowl. Can you name at least five? I'll give you a hint. One of them rhymes with Scrooston. <laughs> yeah, Houston hasn't won a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, the Jaguars have not won a Super Bowl. They're also fairly new. Um, and then, uh, I mean, to be honest, I really, I don't think the Chargers have won a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, other that's than three. Uh, let's see, like just really poverty franchises that just, I don't know. Um, damn poverty franchises. <laughs> First Houston Texans, a poverty franchise. Have the Cardinals ever won a Super Bowl? <laughs> nope. Cards are number four. There you go. Cardinals are in. Can there. you name one more? Um, Titans. I'm, I'm guessing Titans are pretty well. Yeah. If you kind of, I don't Never won one. Okay. There you go. All right. So, yeah, like I said, there's 12. Vikings, Bills, Bengals, Falcons, Panthers, Cardinals, Titans, Chargers, Browns, Lions, Jags, and Texans. I'm surprised the Bills actually haven't won one. I know they kind of got there two years in a row, but I, it doesn't. It didn't really dawn on me that they actually never won anything. So, damn, I'm, I'm sorry, Garrett. <laughs> yeah, the Bills and the Vikings both have had four Super Bowl appearances with no wins. <sighs> you, you hate to see it. You really do. 
All right. So go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was about to throw another jab in there, but I'm, I'm, I'm refraining. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had fun with this segment. I got a little trivia going. So it's always good to, to test some knowledge. Yeah. And you know, really, you did pretty good. So let's move in. Uh, before we go on to your personal history, you mentioned you wanted to talk about some breakouts you had. Who are some potential breakouts that you've got your eye on this year? Yeah, so the first one we kind of already discussed. Sorry, and that maybe, was, maybe not breakouts, but bounce backs, right? Right. So, again, this one's not going to be really a bounce back, but Justin Jefferson, I think he's going to just kind of take it to a whole nother level, even just from his rookie year. So we kind of touched on him already. Um, but I think he's he's probably going to take over for Adam Thielen. That's kind of that number one target um, over there in Minnesota. But I think I think Jerry Judy's going to have a bounce back year again. He's going to be going into his second year too as well. I think he's a top five route runner in the league. Um, What's he bouncing back to? He's not really a bounce back, but somebody that's just <laughs> right, he's a breakout. That's fair. yeah. So a lot of these guys are going to kind of be kind of be that. There are a lot of them are going to be going into their second year, and a lot of them are receivers. So um, Jerry Judy he suffers with drops his rookie year, but um, hopefully he can either bounce back or, or kind of break out and and kind of be that guy that Denver needs him to be. Um, CeeDee Lamb I have on here too as well. I think Dak Prescott's going to be really good for him. So um, I like CeeDee as his rookie year. He did show some promise. And then you got Amari Cooper on the other side. But I think them as a one-two punch is going to be really nice. Then again, with Dak coming back, that's that's going to open it up for for a lot more production for CeeDee. Um, and then lastly, kind of just Brandon Ayuk is going to be kind of a sleeper that not a lot of people um, are going to be thinking about. He's their second-year wide receiver over in San Francisco. And kind of just really depending on who's throwing them the ball, I think Brandon can be really good for for that San Francisco offense. I know Debo Samuels, Samuels over there, but um, 49er fans and, and, and that coaching staff are really high on Brandon too as well. Um, interesting enough, I saw a Twitter win when Julio was kind of getting shopped was – there was a Twitter poll saying, would you trade Brandon Ayuk for, for Julio Jones? And, and a lot of the, the 49er faithful said no. So um, they think Brandon Ayuk kind of, kind of can be a baby Julio Jones and, and we'll see. So I'll kind of keep my eye out for him and, and see where he goes from there. San Francisco, do they still have Jimmy G tossing the ball? Uh, they do have Jimmy G tossing the ball. He'll probably toss the ball, I'm guessing, no more than four or seven weeks. They drafted a quarterback at number three overall, Trey Lance. So he's he's probably going to end up taking over, and he's going to be kind of their future going forward. So you think that he's going to take over without any injury? He'll just win the job? Yeah. I mean, that's with those first-round quarterbacks, that's that's a, a lot of it comes with injury. I know uh, – Baker, he got his spot with injury, um, and then Herbert got his spot without injury too as well, but or with injury with Tyrod's injury. But um, Jimmy G could get injured. He's been he's been injured, um, but I think if he's not injured, then then you obviously see um, Trey kind of take over week seven. Um, it's really going to depend on how well that San Francisco team is doing and, and kind of what their win loss record is. But if they're losing, then then you're definitely going to see Trey in there. If they're winning, then then you could probably see um, Jimmy staying a little bit longer. I think it's going to be the same issue with with the Patriots, Mac Jones, and, and Cam Newton too, as well. So, all right, let's hear a percentage chance that San Francisco finishes the season with a double Trey backfield. Trey, <laughs> um, it's finishes the season probably 
100%. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, I, I know that Trey Sermon's technically coming in as a Buckeye, but he's a Sooner in my heart, so. Yeah, y'all, I mean, y'all can claim him. I mean, it, it would have been nice if he could have won a national championship without the Sooners, but, I mean, can't can't live in the past. Speaking of the past, Jeez. let's go over <laughs> – Let's go over your kind of league history. We'll talk about it a little bit. Talk about just the last five years in the league and then talk about your drafts the past couple of years. I've got them pulled up in front of me, so I'm just going to kind of call you out. Maybe shout you out if I see something I like. <laughs> All right, and... hit me with it. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Past five years, you... Have not done great. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Captain <So>, Obvious. <laughs> so, you know, your last five year finishes 2016, 8th, 12th, 7th, 12th, 8th. Uh, average finish of nine, highest finish seventh, lowest 12th. You and John are tied for the most last place finishes with two each. In fact, the last four years, you've just alternated last place finishes. Two Too bad well, he's not here to share that with you. Right, I'll I'll take two <laughs> last place finishes. A lot of people in the group they kind of they kind of ride me for saying I finished last every year, but uh, last place I'm not I'm not getting in there every year. Just two <laughs> out of the last five, which is pretty good percentage in my book. So I'll, I'll take it. Getting better, and and I think this year um, we're gonna see some big steps moving forward. All right, and you know really. Your 2016 and 2017, you went three and ten and two and eleven, but the last three years in a row, you've gone five and eight every year. So, you know, it it, it hasn't all been bad. You've kind of consistently been just below average the last three <laughs> three years. <laughs> I guess I mean, thanks. I guess you're trying to trying to make it sound a lot better than what it is. I don't know how you even go win only two or three weeks in, in the whole season in fantasy, but apparently I did it. Um, and never looking back at those, those years again. So, <laughs> so yeah, your, uh, your net win loss over the last five years is minus 25. Your, your record is 20 and 45, 20 and 45. Okay. Yeah, you you got to work up to that 500 next five next years, year. right? Next five <laughs> years. I'll uh, try to double that or something. Yeah, so the next closest person to you is minus 15. With John is 25 and 40 the last five years. So I was really hoping to have him on here so you two could bond over. Yeah, we, we we definitely needed John in here to, to kind of <laughs> chime in too as well because he's he hasn't been too well either. So Right. And, you know, really, uh, let's see, looking at it, John's average finish – is actually 11 and your average finish is nine. So, so I'm a better fantasy player than John. Overall, you've done better than John. Yeah. I'll take it, take all the wins, but it's one season at a time. Uh, I'm only focused on this season and uh, in, in trying to, trying to bring a belt home to, to D town. All right. Let's look at your 2019 draft here. I've got it pulled up. And the first four rounds, are questionable at best. We've got David Johnson first over first round, and let's see this one. You were drafting one, two, six, six so right, right in the middle. 
Yeah, David Johnson, and then you took Mike Evans on the way back, Leonard Fournette, Evan Ingram in the fourth round. So two it's out early. of four aren't aren't too bad. Obviously the um, the David Johnson one. Um, I thought he was. I, I think he. I thought he was primed for a comeback over there in Arizona. That obviously didn't work out. Um, and then Mike Evans. I ended up getting really upset with Mike over the the first couple of weeks of the season and ended up trading him very early. He kind of came on real late with James kind of throwing throwing him the ball. But um, Evan Ingram obviously definitely should not be in that fourth one. But I think he was going into his third year as well and. I think he was coming off of, of a pretty good season in that second year, that in that 2018 season. So I decided why why the hell not. Yeah, and you can tell how much you love Sooners because you took D.D. Westbrook in the sixth round and Kyler Murray in the eighth round that year. Well, the the Kyler Murray probably ended up being pretty good for me. D.D. Westbrook, I mean, he I don't even know if he's still in the league right now. Uh, Actually, yeah, I think he is a free agent. Unfortunately, I wish that he would have carved out a role somewhere. But all right, I mean, overall, you know, looking at that draft, you had a couple misses, but it's not it's not that bad. Other than you drafted three fucking tight ends, dude. Yeah, the 2019 draft was pretty bad. I think I think this <laughs> next draft that you're gonna kind of go over is gonna be my best draft to date. So I, I was actually pretty proud of, of of this draft and and a lot of things didn't work out with with injuries but um i think this was my one of my best drafts so we're kind of using that as a stepping stone going forward and and hopefully we can get a little bit better with this drafting 2020 again you started strong your third round pick for the second year in a row is leonard fucking fournette what do you see <laughs> uh i mean he's i thought he was going to be the number one guy over there in jacksonville and then i think about two weeks or, or one week in a training camp, they, the Jaguars ended up cutting them right before the season. So I was, I was pretty upset about that. Um, but it's the thing with, with running backs is that once you kind of get to round four, if you don't have any, then, then you're kind of SOL and, and you're kind of stuck with either your second, second tier running backs, your guys that are going to um, not really get a lot of the shares, maybe like a Kareem Hunt or somebody like that. Even Kareem Hunt will probably go, um, before those two, um, before those first four rounds. But I think when when you kind of go receiver, receiver, then you kind of put yourself in a bind those third and fourth rounds when we're trying to draft a running back. Yeah, last year you went Mike Thomas and Travis Kelsey. And your, your first running back you drafted was in round three with Leonard Fournette. Uh, right. And so, then, you know, I, I'm not going to ask you to reveal your draft strategy this year, but I have to assume that you're going to try to take a running back at least one of the first two rounds. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. It's, it's, it's really going to see how – I just got to see how the board comes to me. Um, right now I'm drafting eight. I don't like a running back at eight, to be honest with you. I think I'm going to be in, in the prime position to get one of the top three receivers. Um, so I think that's probably where I'm going to lead. And then kind of when I get back on that uh, turn – coming back for and for some other picks um it's it's gonna see i gotta see where which running backs are left and and what other top tier receivers are there so i don't i don't know when i'm taking running backs but but we'll see all right so you know that's kind of you touched on the upcoming draft uh, what you're looking at 
you got a prediction for how this season's going to go for you? Yeah, um, again, I think I'm. I think I am building off of off of this draft. Um, Michael Thomas last year, he, I felt like he still was good. Was a good pick. He ended up getting hurt, and then he kind of just fell behind once he missed the first six weeks of the season. Um, you didn't want to touch on Raheem Mostert. I, I caught that Raheem Mostert was a sleeper pick that I did pick as my RB two, and he ended up, he, he ended up painting out well for for yeah, San you, Francisco. You got, you got Raheem in the fifth round. He did have some weak winning games. He did. Yeah, but... he I, he got injured a lot too as well. But the games that he did play, he was he was kind of going off for about eighty yard touchdown runs and stuff like that, and. And I, I was happy with him. Um, I think I ended up trading him too as well. But um, yeah, he was pretty explosive. Yeah, I think he's a lot of people think he could be one of the fastest guys in the NFL. He's like very bulky, and a lot of people wouldn't classify him as fast, but he's actually one of the fastest dudes in the NFL. So that's a little uh, fun fact for you about Raheem Mostert in case anybody wants to kind of take a flyer on him in the later rounds too as well. But dude's blazing fast. But Going into 2020, prediction for 2020, really we'll start small and just say let's get above 500 this year. So try to finish in that in that top six. And then um, after that, we're coming for the belt. All right. So calling playoffs. Do you remember who's in your division? Um, bunch of scrubs. No, I don't know. <laughs> this year is kind of unique. We got an extra week of the regular season. So... I think in years past, we've had 13 weeks of regular season and then three weeks of playoffs. And this year, we're going to have 14 regular season weeks and three weeks of playoffs. So we've got an extra week to try and get that extra win. Yeah, I mean, I think it's doable. Uh, I think Ivan was the one that picked me in his division. So um, obviously, we got to. We got to go for the top and, and see how that goes. All right. So you got any, you know, we, we've been doing this for five years. We're going on six. You got anyone who you consider a rival? Who You look forward to that matchup? Um, obviously, my matchups are going to be with Ivan and OC just in – just because I'm I'm kind of living around their area and we kind of see each other the most and and OC likes to talk a lot of his shit and and I likes to talk a lot of his shit too as well and I think I I beat both of them last year so I was talking my shit last year but um, obviously Ivan and OC are, are going to be our the two matchups that that you kind of want to win the most um, and then during the season that's those are those two. And then kind of preseason, I think you and me, we kind of have our go, our back and forth right after the draft hits. You and I, we kind of um, analyze a lot of the yeah, rosters and yeah. stuff like that. And, and we kind of like to take a steam hot crap on each other's rosters <laughs> um, and, and kind of make a whole bunch of side bets on who will do better and stuff like that. So um, that kind of gets us through that two to three week dead period between the draft and, and week one. And uh, we always get pretty fired up. So I'd say you're you're probably a rifle too in that in that too as well. Yeah, you make me want to leave the group me every other week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah. I mean, I I enjoy I enjoy being the heel. So. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, last thing that we've been asking every every guest of the show. You got anything that you really love about the league? Your favorite part about the league? What makes you? You know, what makes this league? 
different and unique? Uh, really just, just the day to day. I mean, we're, there's 12 of us in, in, we're all 12 of the best friends and, and it's, we're in, we're keeping updates in the, in the group. Me just, just every single day, pretty much everything. Um, and then kind of just when, when football season comes, um, the group chat kind of really just comes alive, especially most of us all went to OU. So we're, um, all looking at sooner games, watching sooner games together. And then Sunday comes, it's, it's uh, watching NFL games, NFL red zone together. And then Monday we're watching Monday night football and Thursday. So really once August actually hits and games start rolling or, or September, I think this year is when it, it starts hit. It's, it's just nonstop all the way through, through February. And it's, it's just a lot of fun to, for everybody to kind of go in there and, and kind of talk their shit in and um, just say whatever they want to say. And, and it's, it's, it's a really good deal. And then we all try to, come together, meet up or rendezvous at a, at a location, whether it be in Norman or, or anywhere else um, at, at one point to go to a game or, or something like that. So um, just, just the day to day, every day is, is just always some new and entertaining in the, in the group chat. And we're all still really close, even though we're 10 years or not 10 years, but five years removed from, from college. So. Yeah. That constant contact is great. It pisses us all off sometimes, but yeah, I mean, there we wouldn't be best friends if we didn't piss each other off. So it's it's yeah, it's it's yeah. a lot of fun. All right, well, Alvino, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it was just a two man show today. We didn't have our co host John on. After a little bit, he had some work stuff he had to take care of that was unexpected. So I think we had a successful show, just you and me, though. Yeah, no problem. It was it was fun. I think the show the show moved on. Uh, definitely missed John too as well. Might have to reappear at some point during the season or something, and and uh, we'll kind of go over some updates and and uh, hash it out with the three of us all over again. Oh yeah, we'll have you on again. Uh, we might do a post draft episode, just kind of there between the fantasy draft and the start of the season, where we have a few people on at a time. Yeah, I think definitely we in Arizona we need to get a few people on and and uh, definitely have that post draft episode sitting poolside would be would be pretty kind of nice. So <laughs> yeah, that would. All right. Well, thank you again, man. Love you. I'll see you in shit. I guess about a month and a half in Phoenix. Definitely, definitely, it's gonna be a blast. We'll uh, see you then. All right. All right, peace yeah. out.